when before we went into 2017, I was just having a day where I was just feeling a bit worried, thinking about a few things, and uh, I was just praying, sat on my bed at home. We already had the prayer time in the morning that day, and I was just just that praying and thinking, and then someone calls my phone, Betty King. <laughs> She said, oh, hi, James. I'm like, hi. She's like, oh, um, you know, I was just praying. I've just been praying for you, and I just feel like God wants to, you know, speak these words to you, you know, right now. So she just goes ahead and prophesies on the phone. And uh, the words were along the lines of, you know, 2016 has been a year where God has been stretching your faith. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, in many ways, my faith has grown um, like never before, and I was stretched in many ways. And she was like, I feel like 2017... God's going to cause the rain, as in rain from heaven, to fall on a lot of the things you've been laboring on, and there's going to be such a rapid bearing of fruits. Um, and then she said, um, now, the reason, why I'm part, or the reason why I'm sharing that is where I'm going with this. Myself and Rob have been, have been talking a lot about media, and because uh, prayer storms, one of probably the major ways one of our major points of outreach as a ministry and influence is media because we're on TBN weekly and uh, we have a lot of responses from things we post online. Well, I do and press them as well. So we feel like there's just something about media. So we have been having these strategic meet strategic meetings just talking about how we're going to invest a lot in media. Obviously, Betty doesn't know that. The next few words, she said, she said, you know, she said I feel like the media is going to be key for you in this year you're going into. She says, God wants your voice to be heard. So he's going to cause your voice to be heard in the media. He's going to give you so much favor in media. And I was sharing that with Rob and the team earlier on. And we're like, wow, that's amazing. Now, the reason why I'm sharing that is going to this point. We've decided to launch something. We've not even told our trustees yet. <laughs> But it's nothing, it's, it's nothing new, but it is new in that it's, we just want to rebrand something uh, of all the media that's coming out of Prayer Storm, and we're going to call it Prayer Storm TV. <laughs> so what that's going to look like is probably starting in February, myself and Rob, we're going to start producing weekly YouTube shows. And we're going to be doing some Facebook Live things on a regular basis. And obviously, we're going to be producing some programs, as we always do, for TBN. That's, so there's different things. There's TBN, there's the YouTube, there's the Facebook, and then there's just other stuff. So we've got a lot of production stuff to do for the album. We're going to be filming a lot of stuff. So based on that word, you know, I stepped on invest. Well, we already had a bit of a budget to invest in some media stuff. So we're expanding our media, our media department uh, this year. Uh, just stepping into that word. So there's the album going to be launched in, uh, in March. There's the School of the Nazarites, uh, Prayer School of Nazarites. Is that what it's called? <laughs> what? Press. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Nazarite School of Prayer. And then there's Press on TV. And there's just so much that we feel God has called us to release. In fact, if I remember correctly, Emma Stark gave us a prophetic word that we're supposed to be a resource center. And uh, one of the ways I think we're going to be a resource center is with the media. Because some of the ideas we have to do with YouTube and some of these videos we want to invest in making, uh, 
I just think very unique and different. Our approach to talking about prayer and some of the issues we're going to be dealing with are going to be very unique. So we'll let you know if you're on our mailing list, you hear about it. If you follow us on Facebook, you hear about all that stuff. Okay, so cool. I'd like you to turn to Isaiah 54. What I want to share about briefly is what I have been feeling stirring in my heart for 2017. Um, and you all will probably be aware that the Jewish New Year starts in September. It doesn't start in, you know, you know, January as we have it, you know, in the West. It starts in September. So I have been thinking partly in this line of 2017 since, you know, the end of, was it end of September? Yeah. Was uh, uh, that the end of September? The, what's it called now? The, is it Rosh Hashanah? Is it, was it end of September? Yeah. End of September it was, earlier this year. So, um, I've been thinking about a few things, and uh, as I've been praying and uh, just meditating and asking God questions about 2017, I have uh, just felt stirred with this particular word. Now, the way God speaks to me, you know, um, God speaks to us in very unique ways, but um, many times it's a personal word, but I feel like it overlaps to corporate word, because I'm a leader, and many times God is not just speaking to me about me. It's also the people that follow what we do. So because you're here, I believe what I'm about to share, you're connected to this. And I, and I do believe you engaging with this word by faith would cause you to step into it in 2017. And uh, I mean, this is a well-known passage, uh, Isaiah 54. Um, it starts out with this, sing out Sing, O barren, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Now, this is all prophetic language. And my understanding of what I felt God was saying to me is that there's been a lot of things where there's not been fruitfulness. Because barren is a picture of no fruit. And if you remember the prophetic word that I said I was given by Betty King earlier, it was the word about God causing the rain of heaven to come. Now, if you remember uh, in James 5, it talks about Elijah being a man just like us, and he prayed that there would be no rain, and there was no rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed again, and then there was rain. Now, he says, Elijah prayed again, and then there was rain, and the earth produced its fruits. Okay, I'm going to know that because for the, earth, for the earth to produce its fruit after three and a half years of, not, of no rain, it tells me some farmer was willing to sow in the dust. Someone was willing to keep sowing, believing that someday the rain is going to come. There must have been seed in the ground for fruits to spring up when the rain eventually came. Now, there are times God allows us to go through times where it's literally like we are sowing in the dust. We are being obedient, but we are not seeing the manifestation of what we believe God has called us to. Even in prayer, it can be many times like sowing in the dust. You just, you just, you just pushing in. You just going. You just doing what you know God's called you to. You feel nothing. It feels like nothing's happening, but you just faithfully seeking God. And many times it can be like you're sowing in the dust. But I want you to know the fact that you're sowing. And you don't stop believing, tells me that God wants to release the rain. 
And you will not be sowing if there's not rain coming. Are you with me? It's like the, the fact that there is something in you that's sowing the seed tells me there is an ounce of faith in your heart, believing that the rain is going to come on those seeds in the ground. And when he says single barren one, I believe God is speaking to the barren lands in our lives. This year, I'm believing that the areas that have been barren is going to begin to bear so much more fruit than ever before. I mean, I'm going to really see God begin to release real fruit from heaven. Now, as I speak, there's a few words here. As I share these words, some words are going to connect with you, some are not. The ones that connect with you, hold on to them and pray them. Okay, listen, I am stepping into, I'm prophesying into 2017. Okay, and prophecy many times is like a mold. Okay, it just gives you the outline. You pour your prayers into the mold until it becomes substance. Are you with me? So when you catch hold of something God's saying, you start praying that and it becomes a part of your prayer life. You're speaking in your prayer. Lord, I thank you for this promise. I thank you that this is my year of being fruitful. And you're speaking to those barren areas. But you know the crazy thing about this verse? It tells the barren woman to do something that is not the normal thing to do when you're barren. What did we do this evening when we started? Rejoicing. Sing aloud. That's what it says. Break forth into singing. Break. That's your emotion. The barren woman's emotions are not connecting at that moment with the singing. Are you with me? You don't have to wait for you to... Anyone can rejoice when God has just provided them with the thing they've been praying for 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 ages. You know, you've been praying for breakthrough in this situation, contending, and then God does it. Well, any person can easily... It doesn't take faith to rejoice in that moment. But what God is calling for in this moment is rejoicing before the manifestation. And this is where most Christians don't get it. That's why we come to church and worship. And it's almost like the worship leader has to be the chair leader that's trying to whip up, us up into worshiping and praising God. Really, we should be ready to worship and praise God even more when life is difficult. And you don't need someone to kind of try to wind you up because there's something called the sacrifice of praise. And it's a sacrifice for a reason because it doesn't always feel good at that moment. So I want to encourage you to break forth into singing <laughs> over the barrenness. Are you with me? Now the next bit is um, verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants would inherit nations and make desolate cities inhabited. I love this because I've had this word in previous years. But this year, again, I was just meditating and praying into this. And I just really feel in my heart that God is calling forth this reality in verse 2, he says, enlarge the place of your tent. For me, that speaks of an increase of capacity. I believe God is calling us to increase our capacity 
to receive what he's about to do. Is anybody with me? God is calling us to increase our capacity for what he's about to do. The process of increasing is going to involve some stretching. The process of increasing is not going to feel comfortable on your flesh. Okay? So, to enlarge the place of our tent, it says, stretch out your curtains. To stretch out the curtains, it says two things. Lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes. I'm actually, you know what? I'll come to that in a few moments. Um, the whole idea of lengthening the cords and strengthening the stakes. But I'm going to go back again to the word enlarge. As I was thinking about that word enlarge, the place of your, of your tent, I felt like God was just speaking to me about increasing my capacity. And the first thing that came to my mind was this story in the book of uh, Kings, uh, 2 Kings verse 4. Uh, sorry, 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, 1 to 7. I'm going to paraphrase and just summarize it. Uh, you will probably know the story. It's when uh, a woman, uh, uh, a husband dies, and she's in a lot of debt, and uh, she goes to Elisha, and uh, he tells her to borrow vessels. Remember that? He tells her, I'm just going to read a few verses. Uh, verse 3, Elisha then said to her, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, em- borrow empty vessels, Um, do not gather just a few. And then she says, when you have come in uh, to your room, shut the door behind you, and then you shall pour pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Um, So the story continues. She shut her door, and she started to pour the little she had into these vessels, and it was like it was never ending. Like the oil just kept flowing and flowing, and all these vessels kept were filled, and then when there were no more vessels to pour into, the oil stopped flowing, and she went ahead and sold that and paid off her debt, and she was blessed. Now, I felt like there was something of a picture in this that um, uh, I felt like God was calling us to kind of adopt as we step into 2017. Uh, The first is, because she believed the prophetic word, she prepared for the prophetic word. Are you with me? Because she believed Elisha's word from God, she gathered a lot of vessels. Do you not think her neighbors, seeing her gather those vessels, would have thought she was mad? Many times the things that God asks us to do do not line up with natural thinking. Now, If you're in business, put your hand up, any kind of business. I want you to listen carefully to what I'm about to say. This year, I believe God wants to release ideas that are not conventional. So, in the natural, this is how it's done. But God releases an idea that just seems so, like, look at how Jesus healed the sick. They're all strange things he did spitting on the floor and oh, oh, I mean it's just all kinds of weird strange things and if you read through scripture it's filled with strange commands from God what walk around a city I don't know what 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 does that have to do with anything it's just the obedience but I really feel like there's some strange things that God we need to have now I'm not trying to say we just go out and be weird and flaky <laughs> 
because there's some weird people out there. <laughs> but I'm saying, as we seek God, he, we, this is why I feel in my heart. He's going to be releasing some instructions into our hearts that will not seem logical. We'll not see 2 plus 2 equals 4. It will not, faith is not logical. But we need to step out in faith and obey that word. This woman believed the word and she prepared for the word. When you receive news that you're pregnant, what do you do if you're, you know, you're expecting a baby? It's like the moment you know you're pregnant, life changes from that moment. From that moment, your whole life changes because you're thinking about that baby coming. You're thinking about the room the baby is going to go into. You're thinking about the name you're going to give that baby. And your whole life is wrapped around what is about to come. And even though you don't see it with your eyes, some, in fact, you don't feel it initially, but you eventually start to feel it more over time. But because of what's coming, you make preparation now. You don't wait for the baby to arrive before you prepare. You know, in other words, the fact that you're preparing is proof that you believed. The fact that you're preparing for what God has said to you about this year, you're not waiting for the manifestation. The fact that you're gathering the vessels is proof that you believe the word of God. The fact that I am going and investing in media believes that means I believe that word about media. Are you with me? Otherwise, I mean, anyone... You see, Isaiah 54 says, stretch your tent. You, you shall expand. Anyone in their logical mind, when the tent is too small, will think it's time to expand. That's normal thinking. In God's thinking, you don't wait for the tent to be too small before you expand. You expand and then God fails. That is not conventional thinking. That is faith thinking. You know the other thing? That strikes me with this is the fact that the oil continued to pour until there, was no, there, was, there wasn't any other vessels to fill. That tells me the level of our preparation determines the level of the pouring. We are a movement that's contending for a move of God. In fact, upstairs I was praying, Lord, um, I really want to encounter you tonight. I know I'm speaking, but I'm saying, Lord, I really want to encounter you in a fresh way. I really, I really want you to grip me afresh with a hunger for revival and awakening. I, I, I want to be gripped afresh because what that means is my whole life begins to... Again, when you're pregnant, your whole life is wrapped around the idea that you're going to have a baby. You're obsessed with that thing. I don't want what God wants to do in my life, in the nation, and all that. I don't want it to just be one of those things in my life. So one of ten other things that I think about every so often. Oh, it's over here. God has said he's going to do that. Oh, yeah, but I'm also busy about this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this. So it's like the best way to put it is, as humans, we cannot be intense at ten things at the same time. So it's almost like we need to choose our passions and invest our passions in the things that God actually wants us to invest our passions into. So I'm saying I want to be emotionally there. I want my mind to be wrapped around what God really wants to do. And I want to be, I want to have a tunnel vision. 
Because the more I'm in that tunnel vision, the more I'm preparing for that thing. It's not just a word out here. It's affecting my prayers. It's affecting my action. It's informing my decisions. When you're pregnant, your appetite changes. Because I'm expecting something, it, inf- it, it influences and affects what I'm feeding on right now. Am I making sense at all? Maybe this is just a word from me. I don't know. But I'm blessed nonetheless. <laughs> so, I really believe God's calling us to expand, gather those vessels. Okay. Now, back to Isaiah 54. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. See, cords are visible and cords go this way. The cords, when I imagine the whole idea of strengthening your, your cords, I'm thinking of, this might be simplistic, but this is just how it comes to me, a horizontal movement. I'm going somewhere with this. But when he says strengthen your stakes, I'm thinking of a vertical movement downwards. Are you with me? Lengthening the cords is a picture of a horizontal movement, which is a picture of Matthew 5. I think, I don't know if Matthew 5 says, you know, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Lengthening the cords for me is a picture of that which is on the outside, the, the, the ministry, the, 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 the containers that need to be filled, the external outworkings of things that God has called me to. There's going to be an expansion in them. But there's a problem here. The expansion is in danger if the stake is not going deep. If the stake is not going deep and yet you want to expand, you're going to collapse. So every one of us love the word about God is going to expand. God's going to bring the rain. God's going to bring acceleration. And I do believe that this year. But more than ever, I believe this is always a word for me for every year. It's a year of deep devotion. It's a year to drive those stakes into the ground. How many of you think, this is me, I'm coming into this year thinking, Lord, I want to be more on fire for you this year than I've ever been before. (laughs) I'm like, okay, God, there are some times where I didn't pray as I wanted to last year and all that. Okay, but you know what? I'm signing up again. See, I talk about this whole concept of signing up again because I think it's important Regardless of where you are in your walk with God today, I want to invite you to sign up again to radical pursuit after God. I mean, radical like you're crazy. I want you to consider the fact that we're not here meeting, prayer storm, having furnace. We're not doing this because we just want to do a nice event. We're doing this because we want to see God move. And if we want to see what has never been seen before, we better be ready to do what has never been done before. And that means we have to be ready to seek God like we've never sought God before. See, many people plan holidays in their diaries for the year. You probably already plan holidays for, the year, for this year. You know, It's good to have some time out. But have you planned fasting seasons? Have you planned retreats seasons? I mean... 
go into your prayer closet after this meeting and sit before God with your diary and say, Lord, 2017, what are you thinking in terms of me going deep? What does this look like practically? Otherwise, we're going to just go from meeting to meeting and say, God, we want more of you. But yet, we have no space in our life for more. And I'm saying, that's why I'm really excited about this Nazarite thing. Because I want to make some, there's things in my heart, I want to make some commitments to go, go after God in a real intense way. I've got to prepare myself for what's ahead. Why is it that we celebrate John Wesley so easily? We celebrate Smith Wigglesworth. We celebrate, I don't know, Charles Finney, uh, 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 Salvation Army, what's his name? William Booth. We celebrate all these great men. Read their biographies. They put us to shame. Their level of devotion, their level of intensity, how they went hard after God. Yes, they made some mistakes. But they went, God does not use people who are just comfortable with status quo. God is not after normal. Normal people don't change history. It's the abnormal crazy ones that change history. And all these people were crazy for God. They were radical in their pursuit. And the things they did in their pursuit after God puts us to shame. Now, how is it that we can sit here today or pray and say, God, we want you to do what you did back then in our day and more. Yet, our lifestyles are less committed than their lifestyles were. Are you with me? You know, if you're going to come to a prayer storm meeting, you're going to get challenged. Because <laughs> I am always challenged. <laughs> so I'm not wanting to come here, go home, and just sleep. I want to go home and not be able to sleep and be, okay, I need to pray. <laughs> I need to go crazy. I need to, I need to seek after God intensely because I am convinced when God eventually... See, oh, I was reading, I don't know, how many of you heard of Jean Darnell? This is an old revival lady. Most of you will not know about her. She's... She, she was before most of your time. She's still alive, I think. She used to work, she used to be in the UK, and uh, she, she's American, but she has some really significant prophetic words about God moving in the UK, you know, about God pouring out his spirit, you know, in unprecedented ways, you know. And she saw these fires burning all across the land, the UK, these different fires in Scotland and England and you know, just this far. And she saw the light, she was in this vision, she was above the United Kingdom, and she saw these fires burning, and then as these fires were burning, she just saw a lightning strike from heaven. And it was like the fires just exploded. And the Lord gave her uh, an interpretation. My summary is like the fires were like what we're doing right here, the furnace. These, these places where people are coming and seeking God. But it was like God then just released an explosion from heaven over those fires. And it was like it was just a move of God in the nation. And, uh, and she'd been sharing this. You can read about it online if you just type in Jean Darnell Vision UK or something like that. But the point I'm trying to make is when that explosion happens, I'm telling you, it's going to happen with people that are living extreme, on fire, focused, and deep after God. That's where it always starts. So my question to you is, why not us? Why not here? Why not now? Why not Manchester? You know, the only thing that's going to stop that is me and you. I want to invite you into a fresh commitment of deep devotion. Now, for me, this is a big deal. As much as I want to see the 
chords lengthened and the, the expansion happened on the outside and all that stuff. As much as I want to see all that, I am very convinced that my stakes need to go deeper than it's ever gone before. Um, the, the height of a building or the type of building that's going to be built determines the depth of foundation. Anyone want, I mean, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, like, God, I want you to use me. God, I want you to whatever, you know. We're, we're contending for God to do all these things. But I want to draw you into this place of, a, of, of contending for God to take you deeper than you've ever been before. So, for me, 2017 is going to be a year of deep devotion. Um, another word I feel for 2017 is I believe it's going to be a year of revival. Okay, thank you for that. Amen. <laughs> I believe 2017 is going to be a year of revival. Personal revival. Corporate revival. I am going in for this. If not, I mean, again, why not here? Why not now? Why not us? There are many words that connect with this for me. One in particular I'm going to highlight. Again, if you get time, go online and type in Smith Wigglesworth Prophecy of the UK. Just type... 1947, 70 years, 2017, 1947, Smith Wigglesworth prophesied specifically over the church in the UK, and he prophesied different phases of moves of God that the church was going to experience in the UK. Just go online and read it yourself, okay? And some of these prophecies have already come to pass, but there's one in particular at the end that he talks about hospitals empty, hospitals being emptied. He talks about the people of God arising like he's never seen before. And as he's sharing this prophetic word of Lester Summer, he is sobbing and weeping. So these words have been recorded. 1947, he had this prophetic word. Now, if you read it online, you see the person who wrote this, who captured this, said, you know, they trace the fulfillment of different phases of this prophetic word to different moves of God that the church in the UK has experienced. The renewal, you know, the word of faith, the this, that. They, they had all these things they tied into this prophetic word. But I, I'm contending for, for the move of God that's beyond anything. The way he put it is he's going to usher in the precious fruits of the earth. That's the way he prophesied it. And that was 1947. Now we're 2007. Sorry, 2017. <laughs> 70 years later, Jean Darnell's prophecy was 50 years ago in for, uh, 2017. So I, can't remember, I think that's 1967, if I'm correct. So that was 50 years ago, uh, 47. Is that correct? And then uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth was 1947. I feel stirred about this being a year of revival because what connects in my heart is uh, 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 Jeremiah 29. You all know Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the plans I have and all that. You know, if you read the verses prior to that, Jeremiah talks about the nation of Israel being in captivity for 70 years. Okay? Are you with me? I'm going to round up shortly and then we're going to pray. Um, Jeremiah talks about the nation of Israel being in captivity for 70 years, and he prophesied after the 70 years that they're going to be, you know, uh, uh, freed in some way. Now, Daniel, I've not got all the references here. Daniel is reading the book of Jeremiah, 
and Daniel uh, has a revelation because he realizes that at this point, Daniel was in captivity with the nation, but Daniel realizes it was time for the 70 years. So Daniel realizes the, 70 year, the 70th year was fast approaching, and he's reading Jeremiah's prophecy saying, for example, in 2017, there'll be a move of God. And now he's entering 2017 thinking, this is the year that Jeremiah prophesied about. Do you know what Daniel did in response to that word? He sent out a tweet. <laughs> or he, pre he preached a nice sermon about it, like I'm doing. How many of you know what Daniel did? <laughs> he set himself to fast and pray intensely, seeking God for the manifestation of that prophetic word. So, if Daniel did that, that tells me prophecy is invitation to intercession. And if these words have been spoken about the United Kingdom, and we're yet to see it, then I want to run with a company of people that are saying, God, why not us? Why not here? Why not now? And we are going to contend for these words with radical devotion, going hard after God. One last thing I'm going to share. 20, uh, 2007 was a significant year for me because my whole life turned around. Um, and I had no idea what was going to happen. I had no idea by the, b that by December of 2007, I'll be a totally different person to January 2007. I had no idea what God had in store for me in that year. And I'm feeling the same about this 2017. In 2007, I went on my first 40-day fast. And it was because I was watching the ramp. It's great to have Stacey Risa, who's the director of uh, Ramp UK here. <laughs> and uh, I was watching the ramp uh, when I was at university. I was just finishing off, and I heard the ramp. I heard uh, Karen Wheaton talk about a 40-day fast that Lou Ingle of the call was, was calling everyone on that was going to build up to 7-7 July 2007. And I thought, well, I'm finishing university I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to, you know, I don't know what to do next kind of thing. But I'm just going to go on this fast and spend time seeking God. I went away, booked this retreat place, went away to seek God in prayer. And I want to say to you, everything I'm doing right now, prayer storm, I am convinced. You know, 40 days of fasting and prayer is kind of like the 40 weeks of pregnancy. I am convinced in those 40 days this was given birth to in that time. Because it was then I had a vision of what's going on right now. And I know this is just the beginning. So I had no idea at the start of that fast, as I was seeking God, that I was entering into a time that was going to really shift the next 10 years. I had no idea what was about to happen. And I really feel a sense of that kind of almost kairos, Kairos is like a, is it a Greek word? I just hear it all the time in prophetic circles. <laughs> and I think it's a cool word to use. A Kairos moment, like a, a significant moment we're entering into in this 2017. I tell you something that happened to me in 2007. Because I went on that 40-day fast, um, when I got to the ramp, which is my first gathering at the ramp, my first time being at the ramp, I didn't know this. 
And I didn't plan for this to happen. It wasn't on my mind, on my radar. But I'd spent some time prior to that gathering. I was obviously on this 40-day fast seeking God. When I got there, because I'd been seeking God, my heart was already stirred in a certain direction. Okay? Track with me. I am at the gathering. I have no idea what's about to happen. Karen Wheaton calls me up on a platform. I want you to understand that because Karen Wheaton called me up on that platform, everything that's happening right now came out of a moment. One moment. If you don't know my story, just look up on YouTube. you find the video on there. I don't need to tell you. But when she called me on the platform, she said a few words and gave me the microphone. Now, everything in my life was building up to that moment. Are you with me? If I was not prepared in spirit, what happened and came out of me would not have come out of me in that moment. And if it didn't come out of me in that moment, the message for us would not have played that video here. And if they didn't play that video, I wouldn't have had a, a prayer coordinator. If I wasn't had a prayer coordinator, Preston probably would not have started. Are you with me? <laughs> Do you understand the power of a moment that comes out of obedience? I'm telling you right now, if there's anything I want to come out of this gathering, I want you to just get your diary and say, God, what does deep devotion look like in my diary this year? What, what, is, what kind of fasting do you want me to go into this year? And plan it in your diary. Don't just wait for some crisis. People fast and pray when there's problems. Or when situations are hard. Or when they want God to do A, B, C, D. How about you plan a way in advance? Whether there's an issue or nothing. Whether you're good or bad. Or whether things are great or not. You're like, God, I'm going to set this next 21 days aside. At this time, at this time. This next seven days aside. Plan with your husband, your wife. Say, well, how about we do this together? Or, I don't know, get some friends. And The point is, I really believe there's some moments that God is preparing for us. Just like my moment in 2007. And we don't know those moments right now. But because we're preparing our spirits, when those moments come, we'll be ready. That is why, well, that's one of the reasons why I want to encourage you this year. It's a year of deep devotion. It's a year of expanding. God is going to stretch us and expand us. In our ministries, in your ministry, God is going to expand you and stretch you. If you lead people, if you're a church leader, I believe God's going to expand you in your ministry. If you're a business person, I believe God's going to expand you in your business. If whatever you do, I believe God's going to cause things to stretch, expand, because he wants to bring more in. I know there are many words in this, and I also believe it's a year of acceleration. Uh, I was meeting with Judith. We're praying in the office, and... Uh, she was sharing with me that word, and I said, I really believe that's a word that God's been speaking to me too about. I really believe this is going to be a year of great momentum on some things. It's just going to be, things are going to happen very quickly that God is breathing on. After we've spoken and shared that word, I went into the prayer room, and not too long after I was just in there praying, um, Isaac or Sally, some of you will know him, he just turned around to me. He said, oh, James, you know, I just really feel God's in my heart, and I feel like he's just saying to you that this is going to be a year of acceleration. It's like, thank you for that confirmation, because that's what I've just been talking about downstairs. And I really feel that's something for this year as well. So I'm saying that to say I'm very expectant. You know, people are very shocked about Trump and about Brexit and about all these things. I feel 
just like that was a shock for many in the natural, I feel like we should prepare for those kind of shocks in the spirit this year, where it's like, out of nowhere, the person that people said would never be present is all of a sudden present. <laughs> That's a prophetic word for someone right here. <laughs> Not that you're necessarily going to be president of the United States, <laughs> but that the person that people have made fun of and said, there's no way that's going to happen. I mean, I mean, if you look at some of the interviews, when his name was even mentioned, people laughed like, no, that, that's never going to happen. I believe the same is going to happen for people this year. Where it's been like, you know what, that, that can never happen with that person. I mean, that's just impossible. It's like God's, God's just going to turn things around. Another word is a year of the turnaround. Do you understand with me? Can we have the band up, please? Things are going to turn around. Things are going to accelerate. Things are going to expand. However, I am very convinced it's dependent on these stakes going deeper. Going deeper. So what I want to do is... um, I want to invite you to make a commitment to God today. I want to invite you to renew your vows before God. Because I am doing that. You know, I've noticed when the weather is cold, it's like it's harder. It seems harder to get out of bed to pray. So, you know what? I'm just going to lie here and pray. Next thing you're sleeping. praying under the duvet doesn't really work (laughs) but if this morning you woke up to pray and fell asleep I want to invite you I've been there I want to invite you to sign up again saying God tonight it's a fresh start tomorrow morning I'm waking up again even if I fail I am going to sign up again because I am not going to let go See, this, this pursuer after, it's not just that you kind of achieve a certain standard. Even when you get to a place where you're going hard after God, you still want to gonna go deeper. And I want to almost invite you to a place of never giving up because you're facing your own personal weakness. Like, what's it? The, the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. I want to invite you to that place of never giving up. And saying, God, I'm going to go hard after you again. I'm going to wake up early again to pray. I am going to set those times of fasting aside. Maybe you used to fast once a week, twice a week, and you've given up on that. I don't mean just fasting for breakthrough. I mean just fasting to seek God. And you're like, God, my hunger for revival has kind of waned, and my desire level is low. I, I, I desire you, but it's not as intense as I feel it should be. I want to be gripped again. Maybe that's you. I want to invite you today to... Let those stakes go deep in the ground. We're saying, God, I am not going to let go. I am not going to give up. I am signing up again for deep devotion. I am signing up again to get those vessels. I'm signing up again to prepare for the outpouring of your spirit that's coming. I will not let go. I want to make this space an altar right here. And we're going to make this place a place of response. 
And as we come forward, we're saying, Lord, we're coming forward to say, Lord, we're signing up again to Radical Pursuit. This may be your first time I pressed on me. It doesn't matter. This may be your hundredth time. It doesn't matter. Saying, God, I'm signing up again to Radical Pursuit. As you're leaving this meeting tonight, you're going into your prayer closet and you're saying, Lord, I am going to seek you like I've never done this year because I'm believing for a revival of your spirit. First, in my personal prayer life, in my devotion, a whole new level of encounter, a whole new level of revelation, a whole new level of my eyes being opened, and also around me, I want to see new levels of the outbreak of your spirit. If that's you today, I just want to encourage you to just come forward and let's make this space an altar right now. And we're going to just come before the Lord, kneel before Him and say, Father, we are here to sign up again to Radical Pursuit. This may be the thousandth time we're signing up. And maybe we're just bored in the Word. Maybe we're bored in prayer. Lord, we're signing up again to joy in prayer. We're signing up again to joy in devotion. Joy in pursuit. Joy in seeking you. We sign up again to radical living. We sign up again to radical fasting and prayer. We sign up again to not being normal. We don't want to be normal. We are going to be the people who are abnormal for you in a good way. We're going to be radical, crazy warriors. Crazy in love and crazy in devotion. We will not get distracted by the expansion on the outside. We want to expand on the inside. We want to expand in our spirits. We don't want to just expand in our ministry and our vocation and, and things that we're called to. We want to expand in our spirits. We want to be bigger on the inside because of the time we're digging deeper in your presence. This year, Lord, we're signing up again to this life. There is no other way. There is no shortcut to this. We're not trying to look for the easy way, Lord. We're going to give this everything. Even if it costs us, Lord, we want to see you and we want to seek you and we're after your heart, Lord. 2017, a year of personal awakening and revival. A year of personal fire and devotion. A year of tunnel vision like we've not had before, Father. We break away the distractions of flesh, materialism, control of circumstance around us. We break those things away right now in the name of Jesus. Every attachment, every evil attachment on our emotions, on our minds, on our hearts that holds us back and stops us from running after you. We cut it off in Jesus' name by the sword of the Spirit. Every weight that easily just comes on us and the sin that besets, Father, we cut it off right now. We cut it off right now in Jesus' name. Radical pursuits. Radical pursuits. Yes, we will not bow down to the God of this age and the system and the culture around us. We change the system. We dethrone the gods and the idols in our lives that have somehow taken your place. 
Father, as we kneel before you, we imagine your throne before us and we lay everything down before you right now. We want to be a revival people. Let that be the reality we live in. Revival people. We don't want to have a reputation that we're alive and be dead. We want to be alive in your fire. Alive in your fire in Jesus' name. So we say, Father, let this be the year. The year. The year where you have us like you've never had us before. The year where we fast in seeking you like we've never done before. Where we are prepared spiritually like we've never been prepared before. We prepare the way for what you want to do, Lord, in us. We lay our lives down. Come on, I want you to pray right now. Prayers of consecration. Lay yourself before the Lord. Say, God, I'm letting go. Lord, I'm laying my life down before you right now. I want to expand in you. Internally, I want to expand. In the things you've called me to, I want to gain new territories. Thank you for new territories that you've prepared for me to walk into. I don't want to step in those new territories without going deep. I don't want to step into those new territories with my spiritual life not where it needs to be in you. Father, we shift gears in the Spirit. We shift gears in the Spirit. Momentum comes to us in the Spirit. We shift gears in the Spirit. We will go hard and fast. We will not burn out. We will remain on fire. We will burn with your flame. We will keep the fire on the altar burning day and night. In Jesus' name.